Hello, everybody, and welcome back to How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova, a podcast where I interview comedians about their day jobs. Yep. I'm really excited about today's episode. We have a really exciting guest on. His name is Joseph Limus. He is a writer, artist, performer, all the things uh, extraordinaire. He is based in Brooklyn. Um, He identifies as a black, gay, interdisciplinary artist with emphasis in comedy and self-liberation pretty cool um he studied performing arts at the university of louisiana at lafayette and he studied sketch at ucb he is also a casual the co-artistic director of mass transit theater where he performs and facilitates workshops in social emotional literacy racial equity and conflict resolution um so how is your monday going because this is joseph's life and it's pretty amazing um in this episode he talks about really cool stuff he talks about his day job as a freelancer um he also talks about growing up as a black gay man from the south and actually going through conversion therapy which is some pretty powerful stuff and he also dives into how he stays balanced and chooses love so without further ado joseph limus my day job is non-existent (laughs) i've made it to that point where i am freelance (laughs) enough to be extremely poor at times and then like checks rolling in at times um which is a wonderful place to be that's great yeah it's all the drama that you could want as an actor (laughs) sure yeah it keeps you on your toes yeah 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 um so i don't have a day job but like i truly am hustling with all of the little side things i do sure typically when i list them off to people it feels like i'm lying like it's like (laughs) that's too many things and some of that sounds made up like what um (laughs) <laughs> so I'm a story pirate, right, uh, which right. is a children's theater company. We turn musical, turn uh, children's story into musical theater and sketch comedy. Um, I'm also the co-artistic director of a company called Mass Transit Theater, where we do social and emotional literacy work for middle school age kids. What? Um, as well as racial <laughs> equity work <laughs> workshops. Oh my yeah, God. yeah. And I teach conflict resolution. What? In the Bronx. Yeah. Oh my God. So you're literally like saving the world and making art all at once. Yeah. So how I build myself is I say that I am a black gay interdisciplinary artist with emphasis in comedy and self-liberation. Oh my God. I know it's a mouthful. Can we just, I feel like we all need to take a pause and just like (laughs) soak that in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important. Like laughter, I feel like opens up people's hearts. And I think that once your heart is open, then you're open to change. And I think those two things go hand in hand. And I think it's great. God. Yeah. I feel like that is very adult of you. Like you're just a, Mm. you are, you are an adult with a capital A. That snuck up on me, but yeah, I am. Uh (laughs) You are an adult. It really did sneak up. Um, and you, I feel like to even define yourself in such a way that is like both meaningful and clear is Mm. like very impressive to me. Yeah. I'm just. In I awe. mean, it just That's comes amazing. from like people asking you questions and then you find yourself like being like, uh, but I, uh, uh, and especially <laughs> if you're doing so many things, it's right. like, I don't know how to tell you all of these things. So here's a soundbite essentially. Sure. So you know exactly who I am and what I'm about. Yeah. Like yeah. Here, here's what's up. So mm-hmm. how does that work day to day? Is it like, do you do ev- all three every day or is it like scattered throughout it's or so scattered right and somehow it always happens that it all comes down at once mm-hmm. so like i'm booking things and i'm throwing things in my calendar and for like three weeks i'm just sitting on my couch or like doing whatever at home having drinks with friends uh-huh. every day celebrating the freelance life <laughs> and then out of nowhere i'm doing 17 things at once sure. and it's um 
it's so wild. Like uh, my birthday just passed, and my birthday Happy weekend. Birthday. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, my birthday weekend. I um, that Friday night, I auditioned for Maude. Mm-hmm. Also, congratulations. Which congratulations. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> mutually. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. Um, so I d- auditioned for Maude that Friday night. I um, recorded um, a co-host role for a children's theater, po- a children's podcast, uh, all day Saturday, which was a brand new thing for me. Sure. Um, well, I've done podcasts before, but this was a, a brand new one that I'm working on with um, Carly Sirachi from. Uh, she does a bunch of kids show on NBC. Oh sure. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, cool. So super casual. cool thing. Yeah. Casual, <laughs> casual birthday <laughs> weekend, right? And then uh, that Sunday, um, I had done a pilot as a small role. I played a bartender in this pilot. Cool. Um, and so that was was my actual birthday and then the next day I left for Connecticut to do a film Jeez! and then had to come back uh, for a mod callback in the middle of the film Just no like, yeah, all of this stuff and then right now until like January 15th I ain't doing shit <laughs> like literally <laughs> I'm not about to be doing anything you're like I have cleared yeah, the schedule this is it yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. about to do anything yeah that is insane so you go from having like these periods of super busy time periods of pretty chill like not doing much work time and sort of evens out right yeah yeah so my question for you is like i think um people have different day jobs they like different you know they like different schedules they like whatever Mm -hmm. um how do you for you do you like the idea of of that pace do you like being super busy and then not do you feel ever feel uncomfortable if you're not sure if you're going to get work or you feel like pretty com- you feel pretty confident in knowing what your schedule is going to look like yeah um so i'm absolutely comfortable not doing anything love that <laughs> i love like, that yeah i feel like um i've definitely put in my work like i worked in restaurants for many years sure um i worked as a retail manager when i first moved to the city so my entryway into the city was um, i worked at an express mm-hmm. in the mall yeah down in Louisiana I'm from New Orleans and so very cool down in Louisiana um, I was working at Express and so I was like okay cool this is a company that I can transfer within mm-hmm. so I transferred to the Express in the Manhattan Mall very cool yeah, kinda, very kind of kind of not cool actually um, <laughs> but like within a few months of me being here they promoted me to being a manager so, of course because you're a boss yeah literally I was <laughs> you literally, uh, <laughs> literally you were a boss but also it's clear that yeah. you are um, and so yeah just such a different world such a different lifestyle um, and then quitting that uh, for a tour. So I, I toured for about four and a half, five years sure. um, with this theater company called Imago out in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And um, and so did that for five years, came back, got into the restaurant thing, was miserable. You hated it? Miserable. Yeah, why? You didn't like it? Um, who, who likes being a server? Right. Who likes being a server? Right. This is the question. There you go. Um, well, some people don't mind like the, don't yeah. mind the job if it's at a good restaurant or something. Yeah. Um, I actually, know. I was listening to, I think it was Marnie B. Sure. A very similar story. Like I worked <laughs> yeah. in this restaurant for three years and like they thought I was the best waiter they'd ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, down to like, I used to take pictures of the receipts when people would write comments. They'd be like, oh my God, best service. This is so wonderful, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm miserable inside, inside right. and like thinking about how like, how close in proximity I am to like slave times. <laughs> and now I'm a servant in these places. And it's like, this feels awful. Like truly like. You're like, this is the dynamic that it. literally. This is it. I'm, I'm 400 years a slave right now. <laughs> in a restaurant pretending to be cool and hip, but secretly dying inside. Right, Jesus Christ, right. So I put in the work. And um, and now I'm absolutely fine with doing nothing. And also being poor. Good, Yeah. good. 
you don't die if you're poor. You don't. You don't. You don't. You really don't. You're happy and yeah. it's fucking fine. Yeah. Do you ever worry about, um, I guess people who do freelance sometimes feel that they, yeah, worry about the next job. But for you, you're just like, it'll come. It will come. Yeah, <laughs> it will come. It, there is like an underlying buzz of stress. So like sure. I said, I don't really have anything that, well, I, I've got, you know, stuff coming in from the jobs that I've just done. Um, but like considering work in January, I mean, I'm going to start mall, but that ain't no money right that's literally just clout uh, <laughs> you literally just you clout can't and we pay, pay bills with that you, yeah <laughs> no no you can't no you can't um uh so yeah so there's a little buzz underneath but it's just been working out it's been nearly three years since i've had to be at a daily um day job and Great. so that's, oh wow so yeah. you've been freelance for three years yeah i mean i've i've ducked in and like done jobs that feel like day jobs uh-huh. um but are performance jobs um but yeah it's it's crazy. You like it. Yeah. And what, what made you decide to switch? Was there a breaking point where you were like, I am literally not going to have a day job anymore? Yeah, well, I started saying what came to my mind in restaurants there to you anyone. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, there you go. I just couldn't right. anymore. I couldn't hold back. <laughs> yeah. Um, this customer like tipped me 25 cents. It's like this young guy who had a relationship with my new dumb manager. Uh-huh. Um, my manager was just young and dumb. And he had these friends that would come in. And this one guy was his friend. He would always like come in the kitchen and like act like he knew everyone. And oh then God. one day he left me 25 cents. No way. Yeah, as a tip. 25, cents? 25 cents? You might as well like, just not tip. Yeah, his bill was like 39.74. So I'm like, okay, so it's 26 cents. That's 26 what it was. cents? <laughs> yeah. That and is so, the rudest thing yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Just don't tip just then. Don't tip. Why even? Just take it. That take is it literally rude. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, he came in with his family like a couple weeks later. And, um, <laughs> and you were like, I yeah, see you. Yeah, I literally can see you sitting right there. Yeah. And so I'm dropping off their drinks and I said to him, I'm like, hey, man, like you really hurt my feelings with that 26 Aww. cents the last time you came in here. Um, and that was the, my nice way of saying it, really. That is sweet. That's yeah. like a really kind way. Of yeah, it. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and about 10 minutes went by and his mother came to the like computer that I was working on. I was like, you don't get to tell people no. how much to tip. Like, we got to leave this place. Don't even make the food. Like it was a whole thing. No. Yeah. So then he had to uh, my manager had to talk to the family and. Oh, yeah. shit. It so like blew up. It blew up. And they told. Um, the owners and the owners I have a really wonderful relationship with still to this day oh, like great. they're old school Brooklyn dudes and like I great. really vibe with that um, and so yeah but I, I came in from my next shift with all of my shirts yes you did folded yes pressed yes clean in a bag yes and the owner was there to greet me and he was like you know what's going on right and yeah. I was like here are your shirts yeah 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 here and are I your shirts. started a rehearsal for a show that very next day mm. it was like a complete rollover good and did yeah. you feel relief after that moment um it took me um like a couple days mm-hmm. before I was like ready to like celebrate scream and shout sure um so it was like kind of weird kind of like dark space I had to tell my roommate, who's also like my best friend of 21 oh. years. Oh, my God. Um, I'm like, uh, I don't really have a job anymore, mm-hmm. but we might be able to make it, work, make it work. And she's like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is what you needed. Yeah. This will keep you from crying in my fucking face <laughs> every week <laughs> on the week. So she's fly. <laughs> fly. Yeah. She's like, thank God. Thank and you're God. like, um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. I mean, yes. we're... we're soulmates we really are and so it's wonderful to have someone in my life like that who's like if you don't have money i got you like you are on a mission that like not a lot of people can 
even fathom starting mm. and you're deep into it and I need to be here to support you because I see you. I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. And so after that, you did fly and you were like, yeah. great, I'm yeah. going to start doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, I, I worked in a restaurant for like a month during that time sure. like at this restaurant in Chelsea which will remain nameless because like it was a shit show behind the scenes <laughs> right. um but did my training week and then worked my first week mm -hmm. and put in my two weeks <laughs> I was like I just can't you worked one week officially and mm -hmm. we're like I cannot I can't, do it. can't go back yeah. it's really hard I feel like probably mentally you were like yeah this is over yeah and when you dipped your toe back in you're it like oh this work. really is not for me mm -hmm. So how did you find all your freelance stuff that you're doing now that's sort of full time? Or were you just like experimenting and trying to figure stuff out? Or Yeah. So um, the director role that I have at Mass Transit Theater, mm -hmm. um, I got after I toured. So it's been seven years um, since I've worked for that company. And that was like, so I, I quit touring because I felt like I wasn't being artistically fulfilled. Like I was sure. doing the same show over and over and over again, which begins to feel like a day job. And you're like, I need something new. Mm -hmm. um, so I came back to the city with the hopes of the city embracing me. And the city was like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> sit down. Like, we don't care <laughs> who you does. are. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I was just looking for work and found that company on Playbill. They were looking for an understudy for one of their shows. Sure. Um, and I went in, read for the role, got that, and then very immediately, like, they needed me to be in the show. And so I was in the show, um, did that for about a year before the executive director, managing director, who's also right now my co-artistic director, great. Um, invited me into a director role. Great. Like, this is great. Like, you have a good eye. Um, we could use you. And so with that company, we both do shows and then also facilitate workshops and Great. those things that I said earlier yeah. um, for young people. And now old, we also work in colleges mm. now um, and in community centers. And so that was that. Um, and then I think everything else has been like a collection of me either like searching for it mm -hmm. or word of mouth stuff. Sure. Like never heard of Story Pirates. Like, Somebody told me about it, and now I'm a story pirate. And now you're a story pirate, yeah, yeah. and you perform, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I so rarely work for them. Right. Um, if anyone is a story pirate and listening, they're like, we don't see you. You're <laughs> never here. You're um, like, I still am I a still story am. pirate. I still okay. am. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still on the ship, right? I'm, I'm a pirate. Yeah. 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 Um, And that's another thing. Like, I, I, they made me a director this year, so that's another role I have with them. Well, congratulations. Yeah, it's God. stupid. It's that's, stupid. It's not stupid. You know it's what's really interesting? Like, I feel like in a lot of scenarios that you just described, people, wherever you enter a space, everyone points to you and goes, yeah, you need to like be a leader in a space. Like, I right. feel like people yeah. just look at you and think like you need to be leading a yeah. thing, which I definitely can sense just because yeah. you're so like grounded and just like you just have this incredible energy about you. That's Thank like you. really calming and you're wise and like you're just like all Thank these you. things. It's Thank just, you. Uh, it's with, it's just, I just got older. Right. You know what I mean? Like I just... <laughs> I've experienced a lot of things right. and like learned how to digest those things. And sure. a lot of people I feel like don't have the space or time in their lives to unpack who they are, what mm -hmm. they want. Yeah. And I've been fortunate enough um, in all of the, you know, marginalization, all sure. of the like circles that I run in being a black queer person from the South with a father who's in the military. Cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, cannot I, wait to unpack that. <laughs> yes. God, yeah. So yeah. many questions. Yeah. Yeah. So underneath that, like boot of my life, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm either going to decide to be a shitty person and like say, fuck all of you or pull myself together and figure out how I can love the way I haven't been loved. Oh. Yeah. My. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. God, that's yeah. fucking beautiful. Thanks. That is beautiful. It's hard though. It's not like I, I have like, an answer. It's right. Like, but I have a lot of equations and I think about those things. And so, yeah. How did you get to a point where you decided to choose love over like resentment? Mm, wow. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Wine. We're <laughs> wine. also drinking wine. We're drinking a Coderon. <laughs> a Coderon. Yeah. <laughs> so... I um I went through conversion therapy as a teenager. Holy shit. Yeah, my uh my parents are very Christian. My family's very Christian and um I have an aunt who was kind of a voice outside of that world who was like they don't want you to be gay, but here's the James Baldwin book. They don't want you to be gay, but like what's his name kind mm. of thing. And so she was kind of always in the background of this kind of trauma of me trying to figure out why they wanted me to be straight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I knew it was for Jesus and Leviticus 18 and 22 says that you shouldn't the whole vibe. Sure. Um, and so they eventually, the this pastor that I was working with through the conversion um, eventually convinced me that I did in fact want to be straight. And the final, like there were so many angles they took, but the final thing, um, the final thing that they used was, um, was that I was going to be successful because I was talented. Uh-huh. And that was a gift that God gave me was my talent. Uh-huh. And in order to be successful, I was going to have to have some sort of burden or some sort of cross to bear. And my cross, because my reward was going to be so huge, was that I was to give up my homosexuality in order to be rich and famous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sign me up. Oh. I'm like 15 years old. Like, this sounds great. Oh. What a wonderful solution. Oh, my god yeah your priest literally. is like the worst manager you've ever had yeah. <laughs> and he's like you're if you want to be famous kid yeah, you got yeah. it and you're like what the fuck yeah and i was like this is great this is great i'm gonna do this like dear jesus take this away so that i could climb the ranks in hollywood um and so oh my god fast forward like i got a girlfriend no like, way all through college like oh yeah it was amazing uh, <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing um but then um my girlfriend moved up here to New York, and uh-huh. then I moved up here about a year later. And we were on the beach one Fourth of July, and I was just checking out every man, every man in eye shot, right? Just like every man. And I decided that it was time. It was sure. like I'm away from my family. I'm independent. Like I don't necessarily feel that God hates me. Good. Or that, like, I can see where or who that is, even. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to live life for myself. Um, and at that point, it was very interesting because my friends have always been supportive. Like, through the conversion therapy, one of the prayers that my mom prayed when she made me break up, break up with my boyfriend was that uh, was that that I was going to have great people and great friends in my life. Um, and she prayed that that would always be a thing for me, that that mm. my life would be replaced with instead of the boyfriend, but like amazing friends and amazing loved ones. And of all of the prayers that she prayed, I do believe that that is one that stuck. Oh, wow. Um, so Jeez. that I had all these friends who were supporting me in my conversion and supporting me in my ideas around why that was my life. And sure. then when I decided to be myself, it was like everyone unbuttoned their pants and like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Cause we really want to support you in this because okay. this is dope. Like okay. let's go to gay bars. Like right. let's fucking do this thing. Um, and so although it was like difficult with the girlfriend, right. 
she also was supportive oh, and great. like yeah and great. and so so i guess it was at that point where i was like oh right if i choose love that becomes contagious and sure. others want to choose love as well sure and that feels great oh my god yeah oh my god <laughs> oh my literal god yeah my I, actual god you're in heaven <laughs> in heaven in heaven wherever he she they may she, be what yeah um okay yeah. so wow you literally went through stuff you yeah, went through, through a lot of stuff you went through things yeah. at a very early age a very early age. at a very early age yeah. so i think the thing that you're seeing when i walk into a room that maybe reads leader is like me being surrounded by a bunch of improvisers who are trying to yes and each other and that's all they're doing <laughs> And I'm like, I don't care about and them. Like, like, I'd rather I... have a real conversation with you and learn about who you are. Yes. Um, because I've been through stuff. I've been through the fire and I've come out of it. Yes. And I want to laugh too, but yes. like, I can't laugh with you if you aren't a real person. Yes. If you care, I feel like the there's no harm in like doing fun bits or like laughing with each other. But I think the beat does become a shield. Right. And you can't get through to people sometimes. Right. And right. you're like, I actually just want to see you for you. Yeah. And like through that fine comedy or through that laugh together right but sometimes i think we do end up yeah like using yeah. this yeah we block each other out yeah. sometimes and it's a very superficial interaction which i don't like yeah um but immediately i mean like i feel like when we first met i was like you're real as hell yeah. and like there is so much depth to you it's so clear Thank you. you know and now knowing your story i'm like truly in awe that's incredible yeah um Great. Okay. So sounds so, and you grew up in New Orleans, you said. So my dad was military, like yeah. I said. So okay. I was in New Orleans from birth to four, and then I moved around every two to three years. Mm -hmm. um, so hit Germany, Missouri, Texas, Mississippi, Louisiana, a bunch of shitty places in the South. Sure. Um, and then, so actually, New York is the longest I've been in one place. Wow. Yeah. And how long have you been here now? Um, 13 years. 13 I've years. had my address here. Yeah. Okay. Hot minute. Mm hmm. So you grew up, dad was in the military, very strict. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, assuming. I mean, yeah, totally. He's so high ranking officer. He's sure. like a major, major Carl Limas, who was also airborne ranger. So he jumped out of planes and was like kind of the Navy SEALs version of the army. Wow. Yeah. And so he like also went to war, went to like <gasps> uh, the Gulf War. Holy shit. And so it was kind of, I think, difficult for him. Like, I don't blame him for being like a shitty distant father. Sure. Because it was, I'm sure it was difficult to like go to war and then come back. And I'm like coloring and giving, like, hi, what do you want to do? Hi, daddy. And he's like, I just. He's like, sit down. Go outside. That was my dad's thing. Go outside. Won't you go outside? <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be outside. You're like, I want a hug. And I'm he's like, like no. making a parade in here. It's a parade in the hallway. And he's yeah. like, okay, well. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. And what was, what was it like with mom? My mom's great. My yeah. mom is wonderful. She great. is, um, her name is literally Joy and wow. that's who she is. Wow. And I think that when I answer the question of how I was able to choose love, she's a huge part of that. Sure. So although her church family and the way she practices her religion um, still thinks that I'm going to go to hell if mm -hmm. I don't repent at some point for all of these gay days oh <laughs> um, your gay days oh my gay days um monday tuesday yeah wednesday yeah. wednesday <laughs> um yeah so although that's kind of the umbrella under which she operates yeah she does love me unconditionally of course and does see me and has last year like i my boyfriend was invited to oh. christmas and, oh good yeah oh good yeah that's really it really was good. wild and wow. i mean yeah it's like 
a long time coming. Sure. Um, but it was really wonderful. I was kind of like a kid. He came home and I was like, I want to show you this in my high school and like all this <laughs> stuff. Like I would never imagine that I'd be like open and out here with a boyfriend. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, like, we're like, we're grown men. <laughs> we're grown men. You're like, but look. But look, look, look over there. And this is why I did this and this is why yeah. I did that. And it's like, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, it was. Wow. Um, cool. So you grew up there and then um, went through literally all of that, mm-hmm. which is wow and then yeah. um what and then college happened yeah so yeah. i ended up back in louisiana oh, so did. my okay. my dad got a job that was going to take us either to california or this town called thibodeau louisiana sure um which we had never heard of even though it's only 40 minutes outside of new orleans <laughs> <laughs> we we're like what thibodox it's spelled like thibodox it's like we're going to california or thibodox <laughs> um and which uh, do I? yeah yeah what do we choose and they're like oh yeah we're gonna be close to family sure. and so I finished off high school in Thibodaux and um, <laughs> ended up going to college uh, in Lafayette, University of Louisiana, Lafayette. Sure. Um, and somewhere, I guess it was my sophomore summer, I came to New York um, to meet and work with this acting coach and fell in love with the city and like did not want to go back. Um, but I did and eventually quit school because I was like, I'm yeah. learning more by sitting on the corner in New York than I am by this entire acting program. Correct. So, Correct. Oh, so you went to college for theater. Mm-hmm. You did. I did. Yeah. Did. Yeah. I, I started a BFA. You did. Yeah. And oh, so musical on, theater. Um, no, BFA oh, in performing sorry. arts. Oh, performing arts. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, on my resume it says BFA training. Sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I made the right choice yeah, and I moved did. to New York. Yeah. Um. So, were you a theater kid in high school? No, um, so I went to four different high schools. Oh, and Jesus, none right, of, Well, none of them really had like a pop in theater program. Sure. And because I was also in high school in the South, it was kind of complicated as to like the social politics, like mm-hmm. being a kid who like was thought to be gay and like often picked on for that. Um, it really wasn't a safe place, it felt like to me. Um, so, yeah, I didn't sure. do that. But I did, um, there was a summer program in high school where um i was the oldest person in this like kids camp Mm -hmm. it was like four kids and i did annie jr i played oliver warbucks um, wow daddy warbucks yeah Yeah. annie jr and from that one of the acting coaches that were that was there he ran a theater um company at the a theater club at the local university Mm -hmm. and he invited me to come and do that cool so i was like in high school but like also in this college theater club it yeah. was kind of wild and so that was my entry into i guess that was my only experience with high school sure theater yeah um did you did you always know you wanted to do that or like when did or did it just sort of you dabbled in it and were like oh this is fun yeah um i think i was like eight or ten or something like that and my yeah. mom was like you know what do you want to do when you grow up like just kind of making that question uh just posing that question to me and i you know, the standard stuff. I was like, doctor, lawyer, sure. pilot. Pilot sounds good. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, but she was like watching Young and the Restless one day and she introduced the fact that that was a job, mm. that those people were on television being paid to do that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> let's do that. Let's play pretend <laughs> for the rest of my life and get paid to do it. That sounds right. perfect. Right. So, yeah. Cool. That's kind of been it for me ever since. And there's really been no fallback and no like desire to do anything else really. Really? So yeah. I, I, that's another question that I like to ask people is, is there ever a plan B? 
No. Yeah. My system's kind of shut down when, when people mention that. Yeah, sure. Um, my uh, my dad, this is my biological dad. This is a sure. whole other th- line of what? thing. And so like I was 15 when I found out that my dad wasn't my real dad. So that's the whole thing. We don't have to look. <laughs> it's so long. That's so long. But what? It was super emotional <laughs> experience. It was crazy. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. Um Southern. Feel free religious to share what you'd like to share. Guilt and shame. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom was 16 when she had me. Okay. So by the time I was four, I was like old enough to be in her wedding. So like that's some of my earliest memories. And so I just always thought that this man that my mother married, that I bore the ring for, right. uh, was my father. And even like thought I looked like him in certain areas and was like, you don't look like him. You're just growing into adolescence and you have body hair. He has body hair. Like, right. that's the only thing you have in common with this person. Oh, my God. Um, and that aunt that I was talking about, she's the one who kind of got the ball rolling on spilling the beans on that. Is because, that right? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was miserable in my house, in my daily life because of this man I was growing up with. And my aunt was like, one day I was crying to her because I'm always crying. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, that's, I mean, let yeah, it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's like, do you remember the man by the name of, da, 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 and I'm like, no. And I was like, what are you talking about anyway? Back to my story. <laughs> anyway, I'm in my room yeah. crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so a few days later, my mom asked me about that interaction. She's like, did your aunt mention a name to you? I'm like, I don't know. I was, I don't know. And she just kind of, she's like, do you have any idea who that could be? Oh my God. I'm like, no. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And she's like, like, what's going on? She's like staring there. And like, it's so classic. Like, it was evening. My dad was my dad, quote unquote, was on his <laughs> way home from work. There's red beans and rice on the stove. Right. And I'm like, what is happening? What do you want to say? And she's like, he's your biological father. No. And the room spun. I was like, wait, what? No fucking way. And I didn't have the tears at that moment, but she did. And of so course. seeing your mother cry is like, well, now I'm going to cry. Right. And so I like fell apart. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to meet him. And she's like, I have his number. Like, we actually ran into him in the mall when you were younger, but you didn't remember, so we just kind of kept it moving. No, fu- yeah. oh my god! I know. Oh, I know. This is why you? I love comedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Yeah, yeah. I, get, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, and so, that day I was like, I don't want to meet him. And like, right. as soon as the sun rose the next day, I was like, um, where is he? <laughs> Who is this person? Um, and he was a cool cat you know he like played the trumpet in school he's like works as a postal worker like whatever he's in new orleans um anyway he at some point was like trying to teach me how to be a man quote unquote and talk to me about like why i needed a plan b and like the whole time he's talking i'm like like my systems are like i can't even tell you how much you don't know me and how I'm never going to want a plan B. Yes. I've wanted this since before I knew you were a human being. Yes. And that's always going to be that way. 
Oh God! Yeah. God, God, God! This is how I hustle. This, <laughs> yeah, true. Honestly, you're like I went through so much shit. Like this is not, you know like hustling for you is just like you're like yeah, yeah I just make it work. I Anyways, went through therapy. My dad yeah. wasn't. I can only like, care about what I need to care. Correct. Because I have to care about some shit that like is real. It was real. Yeah, like you yeah. went through real shit, mm-hmm. and so the other shit is just like you know nothing yeah. in comparison. Right. You're right. like I can sure I can get up a little early today totally. and like make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, are you good? Like, you're good. Yeah, I feel like. I am. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday about like ther- the idea of therapy. I've never had a therapist. You've never had a therapist? I've never had a therapist, but I talk to everyone. <laughs> like, if you, like, literally, this is what I do with people is right. that I tell this story. Um, and some of the workshop series that I teach, um, I was at a church out in Wharton, New Jersey, um, teaching a workshop. Uh, it's like leadership and communication. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think it's great for me to open up the workshop with my story. So like people, you walk into the room and people have all these preconceived ideas of like who you might be by looking a certain age, by looking, by being black, by being looking queer or whatever. Sure. Sure. And I think telling my story immediately helps diffuse that. And it's like, okay, wait, no, this is a whole human right here. Right. And I really want to listen because this feels real. Right. And so I tell my story often. And I find that to be therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if anybody has money and wants to send me money to go to a real therapist, I could try that out. (laughs) Would love to dabble. Yeah, but yeah, I would love to dabble. Right. Um, But ultimately, I get it out. I do not keep it in. Sure, sure. And you find people to connect with and Mm -hmm. sort of, damn. Well, that's really impressive shit. Yeah, Um, So, cool. Well, I guess in terms of, I mean, like your life story is, (laughs) it's just, that's incredible. Yeah, um, okay, so fast forward <laughs> to you know everything, mm-hmm. um, and now that you moved uh, to New York thirteen years ago, mm-hmm. um, was the move related to theater or like you you was an internal transfer? Yeah, that's how you did it Express. at Express, <laughs> which is the shit. I love how you're like Express has uh, New York branches, great, yeah. <laughs> um, which is like so smart and great. Um, yeah. But then you got here with, with the intention of doing theater. Yeah. Or like some sort of performing. Yes, right. yes, yes. Um, and really didn't know how to do that. Like I, I mean, I knew about Backstage, which was still an sure. actual magazine at the time. Um, right. <laughs> backstage magazine. <laughs> um, I knew about that, but like there wasn't really anyone in my life who was doing what I was doing next to me. Like I didn't have a partner in it. Sure. Um, I just, I had friends who were here and were in the arts, but like a lot of dancers. Um, and then couple of friends came up and they were doing theater, but just not how I was doing it and not the stuff that I wanted to be doing. Uh, and so, yeah, I just kind of started to try to pave my own way. And so the first job that I got was after uh, working as a year as a manager and it was in Backstage Magazine. Um, and they were looking for a performer with the timing of a comedian, mm-hmm. the grace of a dancer, and uh, the depth of an actor is what the article said in Backstage. And it was for this physical theater company um, out in Portland. And it was like, that's just what I am. Sure. Those are the three things that are me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up touring with them. And so. Holy like, shit. Do you dance? I'm a mover. You're a mover? I feel like, yeah. I feel like you yeah. have like a dancer like vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I could never like walk into a room and like audition for a dance company. Sure. But like as far as like mime, like Lecoq, Del Arte style movement stuff. Yep. 
words yeah. I don't know. Well, like it's like comedy for the body. <laughs> yep, got yeah, it. Thank you. For the body. <laughs> Please help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. So you started touring with them, and then mm-hmm. you're like, I need to switch it up. Yeah. So how did you get to? How did comedy come about? Or like. <laughs> You know, because I feel like hard questions. We're just gonna keep diving. I'm deep. sorry. No, no, no. It's great. It's great. It's great. Um, I so I I found out around seventh grade that like if if I could make my bullies laugh, they won't bully me. So go. like I was always the new kid because I was always moving around, and I was also always small mm-hmm. and like skinny and tiny and like talked like a little girl, you know, <laughs> um, which was like a bad thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was bullied pretty much every school that I went to. Like there was somebody waiting there for me to be like. I don't know what this is and it's well dressed and like it talks like a girl so I must hit it. <laughs> I must hit it. I must it. hit it. Target, target yeah. found, target located. Yeah. And so God. So there was a transition from like 6th to 7th grade in which this kid um named Elijah, just say his name. Say so him. Elijah. That's say it. it. Um but uh <laughs> he laughed at something that I said. And I was like, "Oh, this is a thing." Oh, good. And I know how to tap into this thing because I do it with my mom. My mom and I, my mom loves stand-up comedy. Oh, great. So she would watch Comic View on BET and Def Comedy Jam on HBO. And so she and I kind of had like a comedy language, sure. um, which just kind of bled into kind of the style of work that I do. I do a lot of like anthropomorphization stuff, like turning animals into speaking creatures and like personification stuff. Um I like to play different seasons as people, like mm-hmm. playing winter and spring. Um, and so that's kind of what my mother and I did when I was growing up. We, like, found our humor through that. And um, and so, yeah, I found out how to make Elijah laugh. I was like, oh, cool. And, yeah, actually my, my packet for Sketch 301 at UCB, mm-hmm. I titled it, I Make You Laugh Because You Scare Me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. What the fuck? You're like an artist <laughs> with a capital A. This is insane. Like, yeah. it's just like the level of like depth and thought that goes into your work is just so moving. And it's all, like if I could just be half truly, I would be like so proud. Stop. God, you have it. No, ha, have ha, it. no. But I'm like, no, don't. I'm it. like this. What if this? Um, <laughs> yeah. What if there's like a, a truck and it's upside down? I'll yeah. buy it. Like I, I just love like I'm like I'm like the opposite. I'm like make it as dumb as possible. Yeah. Like but that's you know, we all have ways of whatever that's communicating. But like <laughs> but it's all just like Put the, the truck upside down. <laughs> Trucks don't go like that. Trucks don't go like that. Whatever. But yeah, it's just like <laughs> really amazing. Um, okay. So but but still like how did so you 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 use comedy as a way to sort of like um help diffuse situations that were tense and sort of gain power in those in right. those moments, right? right? So then how did you decide like how'd you come across UCB, you know, when you got to New York and the yeah, stuff like that? Um so I thought um that I was gonna be a dramatic actor like when I was in college, um, like early days of college, because like I could cry on cue and like I could get in my emotions and like you know, I that was what I wanted to do. Um, but I had a friend, a real dear friend of mine, um, who's no longer with us, who actually uh, introduced the idea of me being a comedian. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I could make people laugh I, because of my work with Elijah. Um, but <laughs> I did not know that being a comedian was something that I wanted to do. Sure. And he's like, nah, dude, you're funny. And I'm like, but I'm not a comedian. And he's like, no, but you are. I'm oh, like, shit. No, I'm not. <laughs> Watch like, no, this. No, no. 
you know. Um, and so eventually he and I started writing sketch shows together and we started putting up two man sketch shows. And then also um, we created a sketch group called Skit Happens that was performing um, at the Acadiana Center for the Arts in Lafayette, wow. Louisiana. Yeah. Wow. And so he kept that going even while I was in New York. And so periodically I would fly back to Louisiana and do shows with him. Um, and yeah, he kind of introduced this strength in me that a, I could be funny, and B, like, all you gotta do is put together a show, and you got a fucking show. Sure, um, sure. And so, yeah, he put that buzz in my ear, and even, like, said SNL. He's like, dude, like, this is something that you should aspire to. You should <sighs> be on SNL, like, the whole thing. I could l so see that. I could so see that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's something I was afraid to talk about for a long time, because mm -hmm. like, I think, like, there's a stigma in the performance community in general about well, like fame and saying I want to be famous. Yeah. And especially wanting SNL, people are like, it's so mainstream yeah. and like, it's not even good anymore. And it's like, but I literally do not care. I'm like, yeah. I want it so no. bad. Yeah. If I get it, I would be so happy. Totally. I'm not, like, I want yeah. it. It's like, yeah. oh, you I would want be, it. Like, come on. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Who, like even people who are like, I don't want SNL. I'm like, you know, you if someone you just do, you just do, you know that if you got that opportunity, you wouldn't even blink twice about right. it. And it's right. just like, whatever. Anyway, I hate that. But yeah. keep going. <laughs> Sorry. I just want <laughs> no, to clear that no, up. No, that's so real. Because it's just like, who it's cool. Like, what are you doing it for? What are you doing it for? I mean, there's, it it's like any, you know, any job in comedy would be great, but like, holy shit, SNL is yeah. like, would be a dream yeah. as would other opportunities. But yeah. it's like, I just feel like you're totally right. There is a stigma around it. And I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, so he threw that around. And so yeah. that kind of put me on a track to, um, to, yeah, to pursue this. And Good. I took improv 101, like t like 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, and actually that's where I met Frankie Johnson. We we're talking oh. about Frankie Johnson Holy earlier. Shit. Shout yeah. out to Frankie Shout Johnson. Shout out to Frankie Johnson. Hey, Frankie. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did that and was like, I don't think improv is for me. Sure. It was weird. Um, that like yes and culture of like, I don't see you as a person. I'm just trying to get the next bit out of you. Yeah. Um, was strange to me. And so I went to sketch and wasn't really a good student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always took <laughs> Both of my absences consecutively. So like you won't see me for a few weeks. Um, and I also had a hard time with the game. Yes. Like this idea of creating game based sketches was like very difficult for me to grasp onto. Me too. Um, I would pitch things and write things. And the entire time we're reading it in the class, everyone's dying laughing. Like this is so great. This is so funny. This is so original. And then it'd be over and the teacher would be like, but this isn't what we're learning. Oh and I'm like, my God. I don't know how to do it then. Yeah. <laughs> but this is good <laughs> this still. This is good. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I took probably like a six year break from UCB. Sure. Yeah. I didn't even go back and get my diploma. Sure. Like, you know, they give you the certificate or whatever. Like I did. They, they were in the old training center oh, when wow. I took. Yeah. When I was taking classes and like when I went to go finally pick it up, I was like, I need to get back into this. Uh huh. I need to go get my certificate. And they're like, that's not here anymore. You got to go over to the other building. UCB. Like, yeah. Uh -uh. Like, no, 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 no. This is 7-Eleven, um, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like, oh, exactly. shit. Um, and yeah, so decided to like jump back in. And my entryway was my friend Jackie Peretta, who actually was the writer of the pilot that I did. Um, 
that premiered the Sunday of my birthday weekend. Holy shit, yeah. Yeah, she um, she was taking 301 at the time, and she they were looking for black folks because there's like right. seven of us at the UCB, <laughs> and there was a black student in the class. We were like, we need a black person to play this role. And Jack was like, I have a friend. Right. <laughs> and he's been through this program. I have a yeah, I have a friend. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and so I started doing 301 class shows and very that's cool. how i got back into the ucb game very very cool yeah, yeah and now you're on mod and now i'm a mod <laughs> holy shit a year later yeah 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 a year later yeah hell yeah yeah and are you excited about that i am i didn't know how to be excited about right. it though like i knew that mod was a place that like people pull snl from like mm -hmm. they like there's casting that happens and people on mod are successful um but because I was in the middle of shooting that film while that whole process was going on, and my character in the film is like sad, like he's like super sad, he's like going through all this stuff. It's like kind of weird to be in that headspace every day. Sure. Um, and then also like dropping back into the city to like run and do like a mod audition. Like a, like a sketch. Yeah. Like, ha ha, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where is Waldo? Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah truly. No, yeah. Where is he? Where is he? Right. Um, and so yeah so i got it and people started messaging me mm -hmm. like a lot of people mm -hmm. i was like oh i guess this means a lot to a lot of people yeah and i'm working out within myself how to celebrate it because i'm so dog tired <laughs> <laughs> i'm dog tired because for the last like couple months, <laughs> I've been hustling, and this is like the end of that. Right. And I'm like, is this a great thing? And then I got the email with all the stuff, and I'm like, no, this is pretty fucking badass. Yeah. And I'm happy about this. This yeah. is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to get started. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, you're gonna fucking crush it. I know that. Thanks. Likewise. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, in terms of, so I want to talk a little bit about headspace stuff mm -hmm. and, um, bad days and good days. Mm -hmm. Um, we can take a wine break if you want. Yeah. Love wine. that. Mm -mm. Wine mm -hmm. by wine. <laughs> <laughs> wine by the winemaker. <laughs> I know nothing about wine. Um, neither. <laughs> great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what? I don't know. Yeah. Something with alcohol, mm -hmm. please. Thank you. Um, so you have a lot going on yeah. and um, you, how do you manage to sort of like get through the days where, you know, you might be feeling a little, a little blah and you're, um, you know, just about like yeah. whether it's, you know, your own stuff or, or, or even like the, I feel like sometimes, you know, there's a lot of anxiety around like when, like when will my time come? When will mm. my time come? Mm. Um, yeah, how do you get through that stuff? Yeah, um, so first of all, I talk. Great. I talk to a lot of people. Um, specifically, my soulmate, Marcy Mars, is someone who like knows every inch of who I am. Great. And I think spending time and talking with her, cooking a meal and sitting down with her is a very valuable thing for me. Um, a big ass bowl of pho is a place where I find myself healing as well like if I, I know that if i'm like having a real shit day if i just go sit and like do like a pho facial like bury myself <laughs> you know like it just feels just noodles so in your good. eyes yeah, noodles like <laughs> onions in my pores um that um and then also like 
I do find myself when I'm in like the bottom of uh, a depressing time. Yes. Um, I do find cooking. Like I'll have like a big old pot of red beans and rice on the stove and like fry up some pork chops, mm. like true Southern style and sit down to that and kind of find myself again. Sure. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. That's sort of your go-to method. Yeah. Those food. Are food. Food and conversation. I mean, is there anything better? No. That's like what it all comes down to. Yeah. My boyfriend always talks about, he's like, um, he he's like, I feel like life just comes down to like something big will happen, something dramatic will happen, and then it'll be like, wanna go get a meal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to. Wanna go get food? And yeah. it's like, yeah, like that's what it comes down to, is just yeah. like eating and talking. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one of the like most happiest things a person can do is be like chewing and smiling yeah i think watching a person chew and smile like you cannot there's no higher level of happy yeah. than that yeah it's um mm. it's almost like, gum, like it comes back to like being a baby right mm -hmm. and like being like yeah yeah like yeah. you like, know like it's the necessities yeah you know? it's 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 yeah it's love it's taking care of yourself yes that's what's up um very cool um and in terms of dreams so um there's you know there's gonna be a whole intro before this mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna talk about all your cool shit yeah um but in terms of your aspirations in comedy or in you know being an artist like is there are there any goals that you're working toward or is it like i mean you're already doing so much i feel like but yeah yeah, so I'd like to add zeros to the money that I make. <laughs> sure. <laughs> a, a, a couple. Yeah, like a, like a couple, two, three, four, five, <laughs> zeros. We could do five. Ten, seven, eight, great. nine, ten, zeros <laughs> would be amazing. Um, and I think that continuing to make work from the gut of me, that will come. I've, I feel that way. Um, I think when you make honest work, people see that. Yes. Um, and... I don't know what that will look like. I don't know what, I mean, I have ideas and I have, you know, features that I'd like to see made and shows that I'd like to ride. And that it's all like fleshed out in notes in my phone and notebooks mm -hmm. at my house. Um, but I don't know what it actually will look like. But what I often visualize is like the late night interviews. Mm. Like I see that. I see myself yes. doing that, which is so funny because it's like, that's the celebration and the aftermath. And I feel like that's what I can wrap my mind around. Yes. More than I can wrap my mind around, like, what I will be doing on whatever set I will be in control of or, like, working on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can see that. Yeah. Do you, is it with, like, Kimmel or? <laughs> actually, I said late night, but, like, it's Wendy Williams. It's Wendy. It's actually <laughs> it's like Wendy actually Williams. It's actually 10 a.m. It's actually It's, like, waking up and being on Wendy feels like. Yeah. Perfect. She's like, hey, Joseph, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> like, good. Yeah. Um, really cool. Really, really cool. Um, Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. um, how long have it's we been, been? We've been talking for 50 minutes. Perfect. Um, so I thought this was like, yeah, I thought I was going to go way over. I talk so much. No, yeah, this is great. Um, I do like to ask towards the end of the interview about um, if you had to. Um, share wisdom mm -hmm. to someone who is trying to get into this industry and figure out a way to maybe have what kind of job they should have to balance their life out or maybe what kind of mindset they should be in to try it out. Um, mm. What kind of advice would you give them? Um, I think I kind of said this a little bit. Um, I think that you should create from the inside, from who you are. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of our lives we spend performing 
or like doing things to make other people comfortable, especially as comedians, we are doing something to make other people laugh. And I think that begins to lead people's interest is that, oh, I'm going to make this person laugh versus creating something that makes you laugh or comes from a real place within you, which is an undeniable thing because no one else can be you. So learning to love yourself and love what's inside of you. And if you don't know what that is, going on that journey to find it um, and creating from a genuine place. Mm. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the truck being upside down. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Because <laughs> there, there is room for that. And I mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something about what comes from you. Yes. That no one else can put out there. Yeah. And the more you dive into that, the more real your work will become. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about it. But the, the, the yeah. thing is, it's like, it's like loaded for me because I've had such a crazy life. And so for me to extract things from that, you know, it's 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 weird to say, but it's easier. It's easy. It's like I have it way easier because I was fucked up as a kid. <laughs> and now I have all this material and all these places to pull from. But if you weren't fucked up as a kid, I bet that there's something that's in you that you didn't know. Because truly we are conditioned beings that are being like run by capitalism. Truly. And are not truly. saying the words that we want to be saying for ourselves. Right. And so the more we could find those words that are underneath all of the bullshit racism homophobia religion like all of these things capitalism patriarchy we can go on (laughs) the more we can eliminate that voice and speak from our own the more people i think will want to listen and the more contagious your work will become holy shit being authentic oh that's a way faster (laughs) way of saying it right right yeah like being but that is truly one of i feel like one of the hardest things because i feel like being authentic means self-acceptance yeah and self-acceptance, I feel like, is truly life's work. Yeah. Like, no? I mean, yeah, it just, no, it's like... No, it, it, really, it really is. Right. And a lot of people don't get invited into it. Because sure. I do think that it's something, because of the way this world is set up, it's something that requires an invitation. Because mm. you look around and you're like, okay, I want to get a nice house. I want to get a nice car. I want to do all of those things. And in order to be accepted, I have to fall into this category. And I'm saying, fuck that. Right. Like truly, like, I don't care what you think about what I'm wearing or what my apartment looks like. That really doesn't matter. Right. I've, yeah, I, I'm so hippy dippy and I'm so into this love stuff. Oh, but love like it. answering the question, what do I want was one of the most powerful things that I've ever come across. And it took me a very long time. And there's actually, I have a video online on YouTube, um, Jamare at Jamare, J-O-M-I-R-A-Y. I'm plugging it plug, right here. Yeah, plug, plug it. it. J-O-M-I-R-A-Y. Plug and that's also my Instagram. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook there as well. Great. Um, but Oh, I'll be the, plugging too. Don't worry. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, um, but the, the video is called um, Who's Inside You? And it's part two. Um, and so I talk about how I arrived at that journey. But just spoiler alert, the answer to that question for me was that I want to every day continuously be falling in love with myself. Oh my. Because God. there's truly nothing else that matters. There oh. really actually is nothing else that matters. I mean, sure, we have to eat, and we have to sleep, we gotta pee, like all that. <laughs> have to pee pee. And the hydration <laughs> must to, happen. And I have to drink water. But nothing else actually matters because like i said if you are poor you don't die if you are lonely that does not kill you it can depress you which could lead to that but ultimately if you can find a way to love even the shit that is within you Mm -hmm. 
for me, mm -hmm. that's all that matters is to be falling in love with me. And I want that for you. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I cannot believe that you've never had therapy. <laughs> like, it's just, you Again, are so. I talk so much to so many people but you talk you share but also you're like clearly absorb and, and like self-analyze and like mm -hmm. have something like how do, like i'm so overwhelmed by like inspiration that i'm like trying to collect my fucking thoughts okay <laughs> like truly i'm just like <laughs> yeah. like it's just so inspiring um can i ask how do you how do you practice self love or like do you have i mean yeah. How do you do? How does that play out? Um. So yeah. Uh. Talking. Drinking. <laughs> drinking. Masturbating. <laughs> uh, um, Love it. Yeah. For the kids at home. Yeah. Hey. And talking to my mom. Just a quick follow up. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. Not in that okay. order. <laughs> at all. Um. But yeah, I think I think that. Yeah. That is probably yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, those that's, are the. I love that. Those are so like simple and like mm -hmm. tangible things yeah. that people can do. Yeah. Um. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy fucking shit. I just feel like the world is your oyster, and like it's just a matter of time for like something huge to happen for you because yeah. it's just like Thank you. you got such a good head on your shoulders. You're Thank so you. creative and talented and great. So. Thanks. I just feel like it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Well, is there anything you want to like add or say? I mean, I just I think I I'm, said too much. No, I don't. I don't think you did at all. <laughs> I could truly talk to you forever. Yeah, no, we can't. And I feel like, to be honest, I'm at a, like I'm usually like never at a loss for words because mm. I like like to, but like I'm at a loss. Like yeah. I'm just like I just feel like I I learned so much from you, and I'm just really happy that you did this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for doing the pot. <laughs> of course. This is my pleasure. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that just happened. Um, that was Joseph Limus. Um, pretty incredible. I would say so. I learned a lot. felt good about it. We did continue to drink more wine for three hours after that. So if that tells you anything about how excited we both were to talk to each other. Um, yeah. You can follow Joseph at at Jomi Ray. That's J-O-M-I-R-A on Instagram. He also has a Facebook page. It's Jomi Ray Productions. J-O-M-I-R-A. I-R-A-Y, I can spell, productions for online content. Um, other than that, have a beautiful rest of your week and uh, hopefully tune in next Monday. Uh, episodes come out every Monday. How do you hustle with Cami Dimitrova? See y'all again. Bye.